Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Well, Merry Christmas. Today, as you've noticed, we're kind of um, going to be switching things up a little bit and and are really trying to tie in the birth of a king with the birth of his kingdom. Today we want to talk about empowering our, our youth to, to lead the way. And in more than just a slogan, we want you to know that this is kind of the future of where we're going as the Church of Seven Run. We're majoring on four areas that we feel God has led us to do in, in uh, 2020. We certainly started that in 2019. Um, integral missions to where... Um, we take the pattern of what happened in the first century and we live that here. You know, most of us are trained that salvation is individual, it doesn't affect community, um, that it is of the head, it doesn't affect all of life, and all of that is wrong. God did not reveal the gospel by some disembodied voice from heaven. Uh, He sent His Son in weakness, uh, love put flesh on. And in the 21st century, that's exactly what has to happen, that Integral missions is love putting flesh on in weakness, that's us, and we move towards some problem, need, opportunity, or challenge in our community. We don't ignore stuff anymore. We don't do the Good Samaritan, um, you know, story where the religious people saw the broken and they went around it. That's, that's the ways that churches do. We're not doing that anymore. Jesus said in Matthew uh, 25, 40, inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. So ironically, if you want to meet Jesus who's the most important, <laughs> the only place you're really going to find him is, is as you give your life away as he did to those who are the least. So, integral missions. Um, connection. Uh, we are so disconnected in this area. Uh, this area is one, it's, it's different than anywhere I've ever served, and I, I've been here since 92, and I'm still trying to figure out the region, right? Uh, this is a place in between. Uh, it's a place where most of us are from someplace else, and, and and there's all kinds of, of barriers, and, and, you know, it takes many people twice as long to connect, not just at Seven Run, but in this area, as any place else. And, and I think a part of that is schedule. You know, so busy, right? Just so, so busy. Well, listen, you are rich or poor, not in terms of what's in your bank account, but what's in terms of your relational account. And so we're going to work hard on relationships. Already are. Uh, Amber is leading the way in that, and, and uh, the Atley House um, is going to be an amazing expression. I want to let you guys know um, that we had an, an amazing gift that is going to furnish the entire house, uh, our, our retreat house in New Windsor, and so that in the new year, we're going to get that up and running, and, and we're going to start having our, um, the, the small groups in, in our, our church and, and others go away and build relationships. You can build more relationship in an overnight away sometimes than you can in a year of sitting next to people. And I just, I praise God for, for what's coming with that. The other two areas what we're going to talk about this week and next week, and that's our, our kids and our, our students. The tie that we're trying to make here is that when you are for Jesus, um, you are also about His kingdom. And, and somehow we've made this disconnect between king and kingdom, <laughs> And we've got to get back to it because the whole reason the king came was to give birth to his kingdom. Now, I, I love to, to shoot. I don't get to, to do that that often. But, 
but kind of where I think most of our faith is, and that's maybe an exaggeration, where at least it seems, you know, the modern church is. It's, it's like, you know, being lined up at, at, the, um, at the, the, the range, and, and, and you've got the, ta- the target sighted, and you pull the trigger, and all you hear is click, right? I mean, there's, there's no bang, and the whole reason that you pull the trigger is so there is a bang. The, and and it's, it's like a rocket on a launching pad, you know? Um, the whole reason that's there is to take off. And the whole reason the king came was so that we would take off in the bringing of his kingdom. Jesus said this was our first priority. He said, I want you to seek first my kingdom. Of all the distractions of life, of all the things that you might be about, I want you as the king, here's what I'm telling you, Focus on my kingdom. Seek it first. And then the word that we often translate righteousness, which I think is kind of an autopilot word. I don't think we're thinking about what that word means. Kingdom and righteousness. Let's translate it. Rightness. Or, um, or let's, let's be about um, the work of making uh, all things right. So it's holistic. Every broken thing uh, in, in, in the world, um, we... You know, as the kingdom rolls, it, it kind of rolls in this, if, if you can imagine a nuclear cloud that, that explodes and does destruction in its wake with enormous power, well, if you can reverse that whole image, the kingdom of God lands and, and it does the same thing, except as it goes, it, it, it creates and redeems and heals. And there's only two sources in the universe, destructive fear or redeeming love. And the redeeming love of God makes all things right. So, so the king was born then to bring the kingdom now. And that's what we're going to be talking about. How the kingdom comes in 2020 through our children and through our students. The, the reality is that, that when we talk about Matthew 25, 40, that Jesus said, Inasmuch as you've done unto the least of these, you did it to me. We're kind of talking about utility and, and, and value. Utility. How useful is somebody to me? You know, who do you value in, in your, your world? Right? We often value people who can do something for us or who we can get something from. And it's sort of a transactional um, worth that, that is really rooted in this world, not the kingdom of God. There's an inherent worth in every life in the kingdom of God. In, in the kingdom of, wor- of the world, there's a transactional worth. So if you can do something for me, then okay, if you have power that you can confer to me, uh, significance, um, if I can get something from you, something I want, something I can use, uh, if there's some way you can advance me, then you have value worth, but, but if there's nothing I can get from you, um, then, then essentially, you know, you're, you're of no worth to me. And then you add schedule into that, and we're just too busy then to notice people. But in the kingdom of God, it's completely different. In the kingdom of God, everyone has inherent worth. And in the kingdom of God, you and I are called to notice those who are, quote, the least in this world. Least useful, least valuable, uh, least uh, empowered. You you look for people who have no power, and then you go to them, and that's where you find Jesus. And and I want to submit to you that I believe, in this 21st century we live in, that our children and our students are two of the the least uh, empowered, the least noticed, the least useful um, in, in that transactional sense in our culture. And so we pay them no attention, at least not to the ones outside of our family. And that's called evil. And, and so 
So what the kingdom would have us do then is look for the least and elevate them. Um, to, to lift them up, to recognize the inherent worth in every life. There, the truth is, in the kingdom of God, there are no racial lines. If you ever cate- uh, create some category of other than, you have created a category of less than, and you've left the kingdom of God, and you've, you've rooted yourself in the value of the world. It's insecurity, it's destructive fear, it's not redeeming love. And the redeeming love of the kingdom works to make all things right, all things whole. And and in our culture, we have to go after the kids. Parents, I just want to say this. um, You know, first of all, yay you, I'm glad you're parents, right? You know, you rock. And and moms, I love you. And, And dads, I just want to say, don't be too busy for your kids in any season of life. Your job is never more important than your child. Never. Let's review. When? You are so quick. And, 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 and don't take your hands off the parenting wheel just because they get a little bit autonomous. You know, you got to keep your hands on the wheel. You've got you to keep the influence, right? Uh, control when they're young, uh, but that's got to decrease. And then influence when they're young, where you don't have much of that, but, but you, gotta, you want that as they get older to have influence. But it's not just our children and our kids that we have to go after. It's all the other kids around that nobody notices. One of the most amazing stories that, that I know of is as a pastor friend of mine named David. I've told you the story a couple times. I just don't know of a, a better example of a life change in the simplest kind of way. David's mom and dad were, were alcoholics, and, uh, and, and it was you know, a miserable home life. As many alcoholics, everything looks normal on the outside, but it's just kind of crazy on the inside. To make matters worse, David was being bullied and sexually abused by some, some kids up the block. So he couldn't even come home from school without, without more hell being added to his life. Now, when he's at school, um, he then falls into the, the group of kids that, like, nobody notices. You know? Um, they're the kids who are, like, the stellar ones, and they're the stars, and, 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 you know, they're doing amazing things. Those kids are the easy ones to notice. They're the kids who are causing, you know, trouble and gaining attention that way, and those kids are hard to miss. But there's a whole group of other kids who are just like kind of ciphers in the snow. They're just kind of like, does anybody really know what's going on in their little world? So that's David's life. And, and somebody invites him to church. And, and just even the idea of church and God and Bible, it's like maybe there's something here. Maybe there's some hope, some love. And so he comes and he starts attending. And, and, and just the, the gospel, just the message of, about Jesus, maybe there's hope in the world. And so here's this little kid going through hell at home and on the street and, 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 and getting a glimpse of the light of heaven at church, just the barest glimpse. And then one day, his life was forever changed. He's walking down the hall, um, you know, in, in, the, in the church building, and things are busy, crazy, and everything. And one of the deacons just notices him and just stops in the hall. People going around, everybody, you know, um, you know just, you know, kind of not necessarily pushing and shoving, but you know what I'm saying. There's like getting around and, and, and he just notices David and he picks him up and puts him on his, his, his knee and, and, and just tells him he loves him and he wraps him up in his arms in the healthiest, uh, most God-affirming way. David said, my life changed at that moment. I, I had hope. Our youth are some of the least noticed in the world, and we have to go after them. We are going to go after them. 
We're going to go after them with all our hearts. We're going to go after them with passion. Um, we are going to uh, seek to unleash their leadership in the kingdom of God in, in not only the next generation, but in this generation, black and white. Uh, we are going to pursue them and recognize the inherent worth God's put in them, the greatness of God that He has in them. Every single life has the image of God, and we're going to do all we can to unleash that. And if we want the kingdom, we have to go after the king's kids. Amen? So, I just want to remind you real quickly of two simple things. God uses the young to change the world. I mean, you know, um, it's true just in the most general 50,000 square feet kind of way. Every revolution you see, let me ask you, A, is it led by the seniors streaming out of the nursing home to, uh, to, to you know, to, to carry the protest signs against governments or are oppressive or whatever? Is that where it's led by? Or B, students, <laughs> you know, who are, who are fighting for ideals and... Yeah, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? I want to remind you that God uses the young to change the world. And you young people who are here, uh, I want to apologize to you for not having called you out in, in, a, in, a most, in a more significant way prior to this time. But it's time for you to step up. It's time for you not to take the, the spotlight in an egotistical way. No, 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 that's more of the world, and we don't need any more of the world. That's, that's hell and evil. We need you to, to step up and take the world uh, and, 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 and be who you are in Jesus, uh, to be large in Christ, to put the kingdom of God first in your life, and do it at school. I'm just telling you, it's hard to come out of school. <laughs> Man, when I gave my life to Christ at 16, I can remember, you know, I, the real struggle in my life is like, okay, Jesus, is this, am I all out? Am I all in? And, you know, am I, I mean, and, and I, you know, I, I told the guys on my cross-country team, yeah, I, I'm a Christ follower now. I can't, you know, yeah, they tested, and yeah, they pushed, and, uh, but, you know, when I didn't drink what they drank, and smoke what they smoked, and, and, and go where they wanted to go, and, and I just, to this day, there are, there, are, there are guys all these years later who, who, you know, it made a difference in them. Not me, but just Jesus. So young people, I want to challenge you to step up. Remember Mary. Remember how God chose her that first Christmas. And the angel of the Lord came to her, Luke chapter 2, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, I guess you could argue that, you know, you know God could have you know, it had to be a young person, but no, you don't understand. Mary was probably 14 or 15. And here she has this amazing response. Her uncle, when asked, um, you know, how is this, you know, how are, you know, God says, I want you to do this for me. You know, I'm, I'm, you're, you're going to do the impossible. You're going to have a baby in, in your 80s. You're going to have a, a baby and, and it's going to be an immaculate conception. And her uncle said, how can this be, questioning God's ability? She said, how will this be? And so Mary is someone we celebrate to this day. And she declares in Luke chapter 2, verse 37, in incredible faith, that's an example to everyone around her, for no word of the Lord will ever fail. Timothy. <laughs> Timothy, um, you know, is, is this young minister that Paul raises up and says, um, he says, in 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So guys, again, I want to say to our young people, it's time for you to step up and lead, and we're going to let you. 
And we're going to empower you. And we're going to invite you. And we're going to learn from you. And I want to challenge you in the name of Jesus to, to set an example, as Scripture says, in how you talk. You think kingdom, you speak kingdom. In your conduct. You know, you are not junior Christians. You're not, you're not too young to get Jesus. No, no, no. If, you'll, if you will let the king be born in your heart and let the kingdom come through your heart, you're going to get Jesus more quickly and clearly than us old cynics are going to get Jesus. Do you get that? So young people, step up and lead. Step up and lead here in the, the church community. Step up and lead at school. Step up and lead in, 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 in your athletic events. Let the kingdom come through you. Because that's what time it is at the church at Seven Run. And I want us today to, to welcome uh, Pastor Matt, our, our student leader, as he comes to kind of unpack some of the, the, you know, the, the directions and the more specific ways that we're going to go. Let's welcome Matt in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here, and I'm really excited to share a little bit more about our heart for student ministry here at the church at Severn Run and give a little bit of insight into where we are going in 2020. I'm really excited to do this now at Christmas time because I think there's some really important similarities between Christmas and student ministry, our ministry in general. And that would be that the heart and the message, the story stays the same, but we are constantly changing. So, so the story of Christmas has not changed. The heart of Christmas stays the same, but we are changing. Every generation, every decade or so, we're a little different. The way we celebrate Christmas is a little different. The way we tell stories and interact is a little different. And I think an easy way to explain this, I uh, did a little bit of research into the most popular Christmas gifts over like the last 60, 70 years to show that we still give gifts, but we've changed a little bit. So some of these uh, might be uh, aging some of us a little bit, if you remember getting these gifts. And I noticed from the last service, some people were trying to guess uh, what the most popular gifts for every decade was going to be. So just a little insight. These were kind of based off of uh, how many of these gifts were sold, how much it was advertised. And I learned a lot. So I'm going to share with this because again, ministry, the heart of student ministry doesn't change, but students are changing. Christmas doesn't change, but we are changing. I think We'll see this right here. I'm going to start in the 1940s. Some of the most important, uh, most special Christmas gifts in the 1940s were a slinky, a magic eight ball, and silly putty. You can, I think you can find all those at Cracker Barrel. I feel like I was like, those are all in the same place. It's a Cracker Barrel. In the 50s, uh, these are a little more recognizable to me. Uh, a Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story, a pogo stick, and Barbies. In the 60s, we had Legos, Easy Bake Oven, and Hot Wheels cars, still going strong. Then the 70s got a little more interesting. We, we took a big jump. So the birth of Star Wars came in the 70s. So Star Wars action figures were like the gifts pretty much of the decade, apparently, as were the Atari. All right, that's a thing. And this one, I didn't believe. I didn't believe this was real. I didn't believe that people spent money on this. And if this is your family, I'm not making fun of you. I just have some questions. It was the pet rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like millions were sold. <laughs> Why? Um, in the 80s, the Nintendo NES, Transformers, and Rubik's Cubes. And then in the, in the 90s, which is a little bit more my era, we had the Game Boy. And then we had Furbies, 
which I can't explain. I cannot explain. And then Beanie Babies. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I, I do wonder if my family still has some like Ziploc sealed waiting for them to appreciate and value so we can... You guys know what I'm talking about. It's okay to laugh at that. We were wrong. <laughs> They're not worth anything. Uh, and also in the 90s was the super soaker. Uh, it was kind of a big deal. So I'm going to jump to today, the last 10 years, our students' generation, the 2010s, the most advertised, sold, coveted Christmas gifts have been iPads, Xbox, PlayStation, Kindle, Nintendo Wii. Expensive, exactly. You're going from like, here's a Christmas gift that costs like three or four dollars, I don't know what people paid for the rock, but it was too much. <laughs> and then now you have these hundreds of dollars, these gifts that literally connect you to the entire world. Um, it's, it's a really apparent and easy difference. Christmas has not changed, but we have changed. Every generation has changed uh, with new technology, new music, new clothing. And that's not a bad thing. But student ministry is important because every generation, no matter how the culture has changed, needs the light of Jesus. Every generation, no matter what they look and sound like, no matter what is under the Christmas tree, needs the light of Jesus Christ. So in the story of Christmas, we celebrate and remember the birth of a king, the king of kings, who came to rescue us in our hopeless and helpless state. The world was covered in darkness, we we were bound in brokenness, and we could not free or, or save ourselves. And God saw fit to look down on earth in our darkness and drop one radiant light of life and hope for us. That wouldn't just be a generational hope. It wasn't a a for this time, for this place hope. It was for all people forever and ever, for all of eternity. Amen, right? All of us are called to this light. All of us are called to receive and live in the light and hope of Jesus Christ. That has not changed. Christmas has not changed, but we have And again, I want to read uh, a little bit. Jesus confirms this himself in in John chapter 8. He says, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we see the names of Jesus in in Matthew chapter 1, that Emmanuel, God has come to be with us. The light dwells among us. And that Jesus himself, his name is, is God saves or God rescues us. We've been called to be rescued by this light. And I pray this morning that we have I pray that we have. And church, the reality of student ministry today is that our present student culture is lost in darkness. Our present student culture is lost in brokenness. And I want to to pause for a second because today's students are not worse than the past. They're not worse today than when you once upon a time were a student. Today's students have different problems and different struggles, but they're not worse. I am a millennial. So I'm officially the worst. Mine, apparently, like we broke everything and we don't buy enough butter. Or I don't remember. I, every day there's like a new article about what my generation is doing wrong. So thank you. But today's generation is not worse. They're not less than. They're not, they're not incapable of. You guys are amazing. You are created in the image of God the same way your grandparents were and your parents were and all that have come before us. They just have different struggles. The darkness takes a little different form, a different shadow. It's a different opportunity for the light to come in and move. So every generation struggles with darkness. Every generation needs the light of Jesus Christ. And we live in a time to kind of move into what does today's culture look like? We've already highlighted it with these Christmas gifts. Students are more connected than ever. They have worldwide instant communication available at their fingertips. 
over video, messaging, chat. I can talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime I want to, if anybody will listen. I can also look up just about anything. I could find the answer to most random, useless questions I could ever think of asking. And in preparation, I thought of a useless question. Uh, I wondered, how much eggnog do Americans drink every year at Christmas time? 135 million pounds of eggnog. It's gross. <laughs> it's too much eggnog. But the connection, the information, it's not life-giving. It's not light-producing. It's not enough to, to answer, who am I? Why am I here? Why does any of this matter? What am I supposed to do with my life? Today's students are different. They have troubles of their own. And again, it's not, it's not worse than... But back when you got a pet rock under the tree, you had your own pet rock problems. Today's students have their own problems as well. I'm, so I'm not picking on anybody too much, right? <laughs> Today, we want to highlight this truth, though, this Christmas truth, this gospel truth, that God has not lost these students. All right, and I want to share one more fact. I, I didn't mean to skip over this. God has not lost this generation. He knows their names. He knows their troubles. But I do want to share one fact, and we want to kind of counterbalance these truths. Today's generation, by, by a recent study, has shown that today's student population is twice as likely or, or has doubled in atheism. Uh, and and uh, the, the amount of students today that would say there is no God has doubled from their parents' generation. So we can look at the measurables. Atheism has doubled. Suicide and self-harm is on the rise. Depression and anxiety is on the rise. So, so that's a reality, and then we have this truth that they are not lost in the, the mind and the heart of God. And where do we reconcile this in the middle? And I guess that question is, so we have, we have some movement into darkness, and we have God knows and loves and cares. And I think this is where our mission comes to play. The question is, if God knows and loves and cares, do we Church, do we know and love and care for students? Do we know their names? Do we know their troubles? Do we advocate their cause? The, the statistics can be daunting, but the final truth, the gospel truth, is God knows and God has prepared a redemption for every generation. I don't know if you remember the things people used to say about you when you were a teenager. Uh, and again, in my, my circle of, of millennials, we still hear plenty of opinions but every generation has had the, the struggle and every generation has seen God's redeeming light move through them. So that's what we believe and that's why we are going to move forward. And the truth is that we can't stay here. We can't stay in the spot where atheism is doubled uh, and anxiety is on the rise. We can't stay in the spot where God knows students' names and cares and loves them, but we don't know their name and we've not found a way to touch base. We have to move forward into bringing the light of Christ that lives within us into the next generation. And people will always argue, what's the best generation? It's not the ones that won wars or built monuments or grew uh, economic growth. The greatest generation is the one that received the light of Christ and passed it forward to the next generation. That's the greatest thing we could ever be called to do. And right now, this is our opportunity. We can't stay here. We have to be committed to students today and students tomorrow. So we're going to invite you to do a couple of different things, and everybody should have a card on their chair. I'm going to go through these really quick. If you've not already, you can begin to fill out this card. I'm going to outline the three opportunities, invitations for you 
to commit and encourage students at our church right now. The first one is to commit to student ministry. We have a lot of opportunities to commit and we'll go over them more and more throughout 2020. There will be calls to commit financially for student ministry, to commit with your time and your energy to volunteer, to commit with invitations, encouragement, all sorts of different things. But right now, this morning, our, our heart's desire is that you commit to pray for our student ministry. That's what we're asking for today. We, we want you to lift up our students in prayer. That's our invitation. So on this first section of the card, you can write your name, your family's name, just to commit. I am going to be praying for students. I'm going to commit and care to pray for students. And in a little bit, I'm going to invite you to come and put this card on the stage. And we'll tell you more about that in a second. The second area beyond commitment, commitment to prayer, is we're going to invite students to make kingdom connections. The first and foremost, most important thing we can invite a student to do is to know and understand and believe who Jesus Christ is, that he's the son of God, that he's the Messiah, that he died on the cross for our sins, to ignite, to engage the light of Christ in their hearts. That is our, our mission. That is our hope for students all across the world, that they would come to know and believe that Jesus is who he says he is. He's the person we sing about every Sunday and to invest their life and hope in him to connect students to Christ and activate the light inside of them. Then we want to connect students to other students. We want to help students connect to each other, to have healthy God-honoring relationships together, that they can be connecting other students in their school who do not know Christ. They can connect students in their family, in their home, in their neighborhood, classmates and teammates. Uh, we also want to connect them to this church more and more to give them physical representation on stage, to give them uh, representation in our student ministry, and we want to connect them to Christ-centered relationships with adults. We have an amazing team of leaders right now we're so excited for. I serve with an amazing partner, Daniel, and we're really excited and blessed. We're really blessed by the people that share their time every week to be with, with teenagers um, because not a lot of people are willing to do that. And I can know from the story that Pastor Drew shared, part of my life has been deeply enriched and touched and, and, and through connections with adults. I mean, I, from eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, and 11th grade, I went to four different schools in two different states. I was disconnected and I won the lottery with my parents. I love my mom and dad. They're amazing. But I had struggles of my own. I had disconnections of my own. And I had people that, that looked and noticed and cared People that, that wanted to know my name and how am I doing. People that changed my life. People that I still talk to. People like Tom and Frank. People like Ryan and Nick. Uh, I love those guys. I mean, they've changed my life forever. We have the opportunity to do that. You have the opportunity to do that. And you don't have to be a student pastor to make that kind of impact. You can be a neighbor. You can be a friend. You can be uh, a lot of different things. And we can make kingdom connections here. So on this card, this is for students. We want to invite you to write your name and information saying, I want to connect. I want somebody to know my name. Maybe you want to write down as a family that you want Daniel and I to come over for dinner sometime. Uh, we would love to do that. You can cook us anything you want. Um, I like my peanut butter and jelly with strawberry jelly. And I like my steak medium. So... Daniel likes lasagna. Love it. We'll, we'll come over for dinner. We'll, we'll meet you for coffee. We'll take you out to eat. We can schedule a visit on a Wednesday night. We can schedule a visit in the office during the week. Just fill out this card uh, for yourself. 
for a student in your home. And if you're feeling bold, just fill it out for like your neighbor and don't even tell them. They'll get a call from me and Daniel. Like, I heard you want to make us lasagna. And then we'll just go from there. But fill out this second section that you want to connect or a student in your home wants to connect. We would love to connect with you. And in a moment, you can come forward, put this card on the stage. The third invitation is for kingdom work, for kingdom work. We have students in this room that are coming on stage. Actually, I'm going to invite you guys up on stage. We have students in this room and we want to show, and we've already seen Alicia's video. We've seen Vanessa and Pearl singing on stage as well. We have students currently using their gifts and talents, their time to serve and honor God. And we can't stay here. There are more students in this room. There are students across this building that are volunteering in kids ministry and welcome ministry. Every student created in the image of God is called to kingdom work. And our church has the opportunity to activate these young men and women as leaders and servants in the kingdom of God. So we have a lot of people. I can't go through everybody's name, but let's give them a round of applause. Let's go. I wish I could spend the time to highlight all of these students and the different things that make them unique, the way that God has created them to lead and to serve and create and inspire others. And I know there's students in this room who are not on stage. Everything I'm saying is true of you as well. And there's students not in this room right now. It's true of them as well. God has created you in his image to lead, inspire, and to change the world around you. So these young men and women are incredible people. We're excited for them. I can give shout outs. Uh, I wanted to give Ramsey's a shout out. Uh, Ramsey's has been like studying youth ministry and asking big questions and being a leader and serving. Uh, we had a couple people, here's what we're going to do, this will be the easiest thing. If you have served in any kind of worship ministry or creative ministry, step forward. All right, round of applause. Thank you. Yes. All right, slide on back. We have a student dance ministry. If you've been involved with dance, step forward. Great job, great job. Yeah, step forward. Dance team performed at our Christmas party on Friday. They did a great job. And if you went on a mission trip, step forward. If you've been on a mission trip with us, we have more missions opportunities. <laughs> Sorry. We have more missions opportunities coming up in 2020. And you guys can kind of stay there. The last summer, our 2019, this past summer, we had students from the DR, or go to the DR. They came back and they want to do more. They want to use their gifts and talents to serve. They want to use some of their passions to serve. And they thought, what if we, who all like sports, what if we put on a sports camp 2020 for young kids? So we'll use the gifts and talents God has given us, the passion and investment, and we'll teach some little kids about how to kick a ball and not pick it up with their hands and how to make it go into a hoop and throw it, whatever. I play some sports sometimes. Um, to use your gifts and talents to, to impact the next generation. And so they're inviting you on this card. We've shown a couple different opportunities, but this is for students in the room. And again, for parents, if you think you might have a student who's interested, you can fill out this card and say, I would like to learn more about plugging in kingdom work in music ministry or dance ministry, or maybe in 2020 this summer, I wanna be involved in this project to run a sports camp for little kids because I kick a ball pretty good and maybe I can help a little kid do that as well. So yeah, let's give them all a huge round of applause. Daniel, come on. This is Daniel. If you've not had a chance to meet Daniel, uh, he's an amazing man. We're so glad he's here serving. I'm going to ask Daniel to pray for these students, if you would pray with us, and then we're going to let them get off stage. Jesus, we just want to 
Amen. You got one more time for our students. You guys head off. Thank you, adult leaders. Just a second, Matt. So here's the thing. Matt, just a second. Uh, yeah. Hold, students, oh, wait students, wait. Second. Students, wait. You guys know how we do for baptism? Yes, you do. All right. All right. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Thank you. Good job, guys. Thank you, Pastor Drew. Thank you all. Thank you. You know, we want to share a couple quick notes and then give you your chance to respond. We've talked about how certain aspects of student culture has doubled, how atheism uh, has doubled this, this, this generation of students. We want to just share our challenge, our hope. We've got a couple of things in the works for 2020, but we really believe and feel challenged that God has called us to grow our ministry, that we want to reach more students. We want to make an impact. We've got a couple of different things we feel just compelled to share. We feel like in this upcoming 2020, this first quarter of the year, that we can reach out and touch 1,500 students or the families of 1,500 students to make some kind of connection with them. And we feel like over the year, there's no reason why with the heart and soul of this church, with the resources we've been blessed with, that we can't we can't have 100% growth in the, the amount of students we impact. I mean, why not? Why couldn't we do that? We have the heart. We have the, the ability. We have the youth. We can do anything because students are going to change the world. They're either going to change it in light or in darkness. And we have the light to share with them. So this is how we're going to respond and wrap up our service. If you filled out a card in any way, shape, or form, this is your chance to come forward and put it on the stage. We're going to review and be thankful for every person that commits to prayer. And then we are going to respond and connect with everybody that fills out that I want to connect or I want to do kingdom work. Daniel and I will be in touch with you uh, about that. Um, So this is your chance to come forward, put your card on the stage. The second thing we want you to do, because student ministry is a source of light, but you all who have lived a little longer, uh, we believe that you all have absorbed the light of Jesus Christ. We believe you have been learning and growing in your light. And your invitation now is to share your light with the next generation. So we have on stage all around uh, some glow sticks because I guess the um, sparklers would have been too dangerous. So glow sticks, glow sticks we have for everybody to come forward. And as you put a card on the stage, we want you to take a glow stick or take a couple, bring some back to your chairs with your family. And as we sing this last song, just go wild. Like show your light. I have the light of Jesus Christ. I'm excited for it. And I'm going to use this light to empower and encourage the next generation. So we're going to invite you to come forward right now like literally right now, to put your cards on stage, get a glow stick, and wave it around. Have fun. Clap. Just don't eat it or drink it. This is going to be a great chance. Show our students you love and care. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.